Uh, welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. And today I am joined by uh, my fellow uh, Colin show creator, Jordan Cheriton, uh, founder, lead journalist from the Status Quo. Uh, you've probably seen his stuff on YouTube, Twitter, uh, on here on Colin, basically, like just all over the place. Um, and, and we're going to talk about uh, the uh, political action committee known as the Movement for a People's Party. Uh, this is a, I'm trying to figure out like the most polite way to put this. Um, this is probably not the most honest, uh, representation of a third party, uh, that's out there. It started, uh, after the Bernie campaign, uh, fell apart in 2016 after he lost to Hillary Clinton. Uh, Nick Brana, the founder of Movement for People's Party, uh, told, uh, people that, Bernie had gone to him uh, specifically to get him to form a third party. Why Bernie went to um, a kind of no-name volunteer uh, was never really uh, explained, but that's kind of besides the point. Um, he has kind of gained power, uh, a limited amount of power, but, but some power uh, within this space, has used it to kind of further his own aims and kind of predictably, like as you would expect, uh, from something of this nature, from from this kind of a uh, a kind of kind of singularly focused focused on one person, big leader kind of organization, it's kind of fallen apart. There have been allegations of misbehavior, uh, allegations of uh, sexual harassment, and other misconduct on the part of Brana. And uh, Jordan has been reporting on this. Uh, pretty extensively uh, over over the last uh, few years, and I thought I'd bring him on because he's he's currently kind of in a bit of a dispute uh, with the People's Party, where they're kind of accusing him of of doing some uh, poor reporting, and, uh, and and Jordan has pushed back on this. I think I think quite well. So uh, so Jordan, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, can you kind of give us like an overview? of what's going on here of, of, of like what kind of accusations are flying in your direction, especially from, from people's party and what they're kind of trying to say to deflect from the reporting that you've done. Um, essentially that uh, the reporting I've done is uh, false and lacks credibility because I peripherally, uh, no, the woman who has accused Nick Brana of sexual assault and harassment, uh, Nick kind of concocted a tale that I asked her to be a partner of my news organization, as if we're kind of like a law firm that has partners. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Uh, but, you know, in my experience, kind of reporting on corruption, generally people who have things to hide, try to change the subject, attack the messenger. Uh, so their argument has been that uh, I'm not credible because I, I know the uh, woman who accused him. She, They put up a text message of her telling him at some point that in the beginning of our uh, status quo, which was in 2018, we asked her to be a partner, which is kind of just semantics. I mean, uh, my former uh, uh, co-founder, Jen Dyes, was, is, is friends with uh, the woman who accused Nick. Uh, I've only met her twice in my life. One of those times was uh, covering a People's Party event, actually. 
Um, so I didn't, I didn't directly know her other than meeting her twice. Uh, but in the beginning of status quo, uh, as I'm sure you're familiar as an independent journalist, you know, we kind of broached with many different people like, Hey, would you be interested in like writing articles for us or doing videos for us? Um, not really like, Hey, would you be interested in becoming an owner of the company that we never had those conversations with her. So that's one of his main things to try and knock my reporting down somehow that I'm like friends with Zaina, which I'm not, I, I don't have anything against her. We're just, we don't really know each other well. Um, and secondly, uh, my reporting was not actually about the specific allegations that, that she has now come forward with. Uh, Cause I didn't think it would be appropriate to report on accusations of a woman did not, go on the record publicly making them. So my reporting was really about that there was an internal investigation at MPP into uh, ac accusations of sexual harassment. Uh, it seems that the accusations are also of assault um, and that that investigation was mired with uh, basically Nick trying to sabotage it. And at the end, when uh, five out of 10 of the board members were calling for really harsh punishments, including Nick being removed as uh, chair of MPP, that he, uh, with his father, people should know his father and him are two out of 10 of the board members, uh, basically engineered a, a purge, purging five of those board members who wanted Brana to be punished, uh, purging them off the board abruptly. This was in February earlier this year. Uh, and then kind of coming up with a cockamamie tale of this accuser is really a Democratic Party infiltrator. And she was working with the five board members to remove Nick. And essentially, the more I peeled back on this, you don't have to look hard for sources when it comes to MPP because they've purged so many volunteers and um, including right. staff. So people were just telling me uh, that over the last two years, this is their playbook. Uh, it, it's kind of, instead of a real or attempt to organize a third party, it really became a, a vanity project, I would say, of Nick Brana's ego. Um, and uh, they just purged, you know, Nick dominated board meetings. If other board members uh, wanted to go in a different direction, he would intentionally uh, keep them sometimes till two, three in the morning talking issues and topics, uh, you know, into a dead horse that had already been decided in a way that Nick or his father did not agree with. Um, and I also have been told by many, many MPPers that Nick was very, very focused on getting on the Jimmy Dore show. Um, the people's well, party let's, mess. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to interrupt you. For, I just, I don't want to get too derailed. I, I was just hoping that, you know, for listeners who aren't like super familiar with the movement yeah. for the people's party and Nick and Nick, uh, Bronner, Branner, or however you, um, I, I thought it was Brana, but, um, uh, can, can you kind of explain like the structure here? Like you mentioned that him and his dad are on the board, um, and, and how, and, and kind of how it kind of came about that now there's this, this group that has like so much uh, control over the people within it. Like, I mean, your, your reporting obviously went into like the, this specific uh, instance of corruption, but I was hoping maybe you could kind of like pull back a little bit and kind of explain like the larger context uh, to the listeners. Yeah. So it started as draft Bernie. Um, I could unequivocally tell people that Bernie Sanders did not ever speak to Nick Brana. 
telling him to, you be my guy, start a third party. That's a lie. Uh, there's also, I've never reported it just cause I have bigger issues to cover. Uh, but if you talk to people in Bernie 2016, they'll tell you that Nick highly exaggerated his role with Bernie's campaign, which is kind of important because what gave him credibility with a lot of the, uh, draft Bernie campaign, uh, going on Jimmy Dore's show was that, you know, he pushed himself as like the national outreach director or something like that. Uh, I've talked to several people in Bernie Sanders campaign who said he had an organizing role, but was fairly quickly demoted. Um, so that his credibility, as far as what his role with Bernie's campaign is, uh, you know, and how long he was in that position is up for debate. But anyway, they started as draft Bernie, uh, Bernie never told him to do that. Uh, in fact, when they went to Bernie's office to drop off signatures, it was kind of a photo op because they knew Bernie wasn't there that day. Um, that was, I think, in 2017. Uh, and then it morphed into, all right, well, he's, Bernie's not going to run in your party. So they morphed it to Movement for People's Party. Uh, they incorporated in Michigan as a, uh, a Michigan corporation. It was incorporated as, uh, I believe, Rod Brana, his father was the signee there as the treasurer. Uh, so, uh, some of its filings are, uh, incorporated a Michigan, uh, corporation. Um, and today, as far as I know, it's, it's a pack, but not registered like most political organizations are registered. Um, and basically for people that don't know, they essentially, uh, originally proposed themselves as like a progressive third party. Uh, but as it seems, certain figures like Jimmy Dore and others have kind of shifted more towards away from the term progressive to populist. They kind of shifted their tone to less progressive to more populist. Uh, and they they had uh, marketed and branded and solicited donations for several years uh, that we're going to have candidates uh, in 2020. Uh, they never did. Uh, in, this year, uh, they never did. Uh, and they have, um, as far as I know, uh, based on a few people I talked to, have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars from working class people uh, uh, donations over the last five years uh, for that purpose, to run candidates uh, third party. But they never have ran a candidate and it seems that after all that, all those years and all those donations, uh, the, the master plan now seems to be running uh, YouTube host Jimmy Dore for president. Uh, to, do, in, in, to give Jimmy the benefit of the doubt, he hasn't said he was going to do this. It just seems like he's allowing Brana and the People's Party to push this. For, for what reason? I don't know. I, I, I don't think Jimmy is particularly serious about running for president, but... Uh, that's kind of how this evolved. Draft Bernie to Movement for a People's Party. We're going to run candidates 2020, 2022. They never did. And in addition to the sexual harassment assault accusations, uh, the state parties of Movement for a People's Party, so the state chapters, uh, many of them over the last few months have, have fled and are basically doing their own thing and not dealing yeah. with the national party. Well, I mean, that, like that, but that's been an ongoing thing, right? Like that just didn't start like a couple months ago. Um, I, I remember, you know, back when back when I was um, reporting on this at uh, around the, uh, I think around like the new year, um, like that, like there were people were were fleeing from the party, people were leaving the party. I mean, 
like and and even like last summer uh there were like this I, I just think it needs to be stressed here. Like when you're talking about these different purges, when you're talking about like these uh, turnovers and leadership and like, you know, pe- like people leaving the party uh, because, or sorry, let me restate that. People living, leaving the political action committee. This is not a party. We, I, I got to stop calling it that. Um, pe- people leaving this organization um, o- like over and over and over again. Uh, what has happened here is that, uh, you have a situation where you have someone like Brana who has uh, has kind of created this cult like atmosphere, and uh, anyone who doesn't step up st- uh, step in line uh, is is kicked out. And again, like this has happened repeatedly over the years. So uh, it, I, I guess that the question is like kind of what's going on with the money? Like what's what's going on with this stuff? Because outside of these kind of interminable. Um, Zoom meetings that, uh, that, that, like you said, like go on and on and on. If there's any kind of challenge to Brana um, or or these purges, it doesn't really seem like like the uh, like this political action committee is doing too much. I think maybe they're on the ballot in like maybe one or two states, but uh, this is this is not a third party, right? This is just like a vanity run uh, for for Nick Brana. But I, I guess I'm just kind of curious as to like what do you think like the real purpose is here? If there is um, any beyond beyond just his own like self promotion, I mean, I can't get Nick Brana's head, but from the people I've spoken with, from my own observations, uh, I think Nick Brana uh, has a lot of tendencies of other kind of activists that I've observed, both at Standing Rock, Flint. You know, there's tons of great activists who who do activism and organizing for the right reasons, and there's tons of them that kind of enter it for the right reasons, but then kind of get high on their own you know, horse and love the attention and, you know, ego and they want to be the leader, you know? And I think Nick belongs to that latter group. Uh, I've heard from sources that a lot of the time his main focus was getting on, you know, YouTube shows or, you know, how many retweets he he personally was getting, things like that. I I, I don't know what his agenda is. Like maybe he genuinely wants Medicare for all, but the truth is, um, from an organizing capacity, what you see with MPP, um, for a group that claims to be a people's party, it's very, very undemocratic and centralized <laughs> at the top with Nick, his father, and uh, by my count, about four or five, what I would call like Brana loyalists and cultists. In fact, my reporting indicates that when they actually abruptly purged five board members they actually did it i you know i I don't know the laws of uh political parties but they took somebody who was not currently a board member and they used him to get a sixth vote to 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 purge these five board members out so even with that they've done things that are i don't know about illegal but unethical you know to to purge these five board members they they one of the board members that signed his name was not an actual board member um, anymore. He had been out of the uh, organization for uh, a couple months. Uh, but bigger picture, I think that people, because, uh, and I want to say Jimmy Dore plays a role here, because if not for getting on Jimmy Dore's show repeatedly, that's what kind of gave Brana credibility, even though there was no results. Like there were no candidates, there wasn't even momentum. I'm sure people could understand if they were having trouble getting, you know, on the ballot for congressional races, Senate races, but there were no candidates even on a local level. And my understanding from sources is 
uh, volunteers, certain staff were pushing Brana uh, to let's start at a local level. Uh, but he didn't want any part of that. Um, there were state chapters that were doing certain things uh, by my by my account the right way. But if, if Brana wasn't in control, he almost would sabotage those state party efforts. And there seems to be almost like a Fox Fox News right wing uh, conspiracy thinking that anybody who challenged Brana or his father or anybody that wasn't in lockstep with what Brana wanted to do was somehow like a, an infiltrator, a Dem party operator, you know, things like that, which, I mean, I could tell you just from covering politics, like the Democratic Party is not paying attention to movement for a people's party. I don't mean that condescendingly but they're just not it's not a party they don't have ballot access they have no momentum um so i mean they I barely pay attention to the green party which is actually a right. party right so i think there's serious questions i mean i'm not accusing of financial impropriety because i don't have evidence to back that up but there are questions where does all this money go to uh i did report that they spent twenty thousand dollars on a logo that they never used uh and that I mean, I could tell you running an independent outlet. Yeah, we all make bad decisions because we're all human. I mean, I've probably uh, spent too much money on certain things. Think, For example, a Flint story we did, we ended up spending $3,000 to put out a press release, just praying that the media would cover it. Of course, they didn't. So there's things like that, but I would never spend $20,000 on a logo. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's right. just crazy. Uh, and that's donor money. That's working class people donating. So there's real questions about financial decisions. Uh, when Brana was challenged on that logo thing, his answer was kind of, you know, well, you know, shit happens in starting a third party. Uh, there's questions. He claims he's never taken money from the organization. I, I don't have any I don't have any reporting on whether he did, whether that's true or not true. So I don't know. Uh, I'll take his word for it. Uh, but there's also questions about how can a legitimate third party be run where the money and the leadership is controlled by a father son duo. Uh, his father is the treasurer. Um, that's just odd. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of abnormal, questionable things. And I think it goes to just the left in general. Uh, Brana, anyone who criticizes Brana, MPP reports on them critically. They frame it as they're trying to sabotage a third party. I mean, for people that don't know, I've probably done more reporting than any independent journalist on third parties. In 2016, when I was at the Young Turks, I went to I, I actually covered Jill Stein for a week on the road. I, I went to the Green Party convention. These were not things that like Jank of TYT was dying for me to do. I kind of had to push him for it. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of third party candidates. So for me, like I'm totally open to a third party. It doesn't matter to me whether you dem enter you dem exit like i'm a journalist it's not my job to like dem enter you or dem exit but i think what becomes troubling about mpp is if it's wasting people's energy and attention marching you know soliciting funds and soliciting organizing into a k into a slow road to nowhere and i would also say i bring up jimmy Dore again because jimmy Dore is infamous for saying you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Uh, he applies that to the Democratic Party, but he has been pushing people into this, by all accounts, non-existent fake party for five years without any results. So I think people really need to look at uh, if you want to build a third party, great. But this third party uh, in its current leadership, I should say, in the current leadership, 
doesn't seem to have any momentum and it doesn't seem to have any actual organizing structure to actually build any of that or even get on the ballot. Yeah, it does. It does seem to be pretty much just like a Twitter slash YouTube thing. And I see we have a couple of calls, so we're going to go to you guys in just a couple of minutes. But I, I just want I, I would say more recently, it looks like a Jimmy Dore fan club. Right. So I wanted. To, yeah. So I want. So. So first of all, callers, uh, just hang on for like another like 10 minutes or so. And, and we'll start taking you. Anybody else who wants to get in uh, in the queue, please go ahead. Uh, but I do want to kind of talk a little bit about this, uh, you know, this this kind of shift to um this this weird kind of populism that they're doing now they're going after uh, the Vanguard guys who who I remember like you know a year ago were were, were certainly not um, their enemies uh, you know they're boosting um, uh, the the this this nationalist um, former former pretty much like standard liberal guy named Jackson Hinkle um, there and but they're also like really going this makes sense because of you know the amount of subscribers that he has and the amount of uh, clout i guess that he has they're really going for jimmy Dore. now we've covered door before on the program uh right-wing conspiracy theorist who kind of plays at being on the left um he's he's kind of dabbling now more in transphobia this is kind of this is very normal for him he just doesn't really have any uh ideology or anything he just kind of goes with whatever works for him but jordan i was kind of curious like you know you mentioned him a couple times you've mentioned this kind of uh, fake uh, presidential campaign the People's Party is pretending to do for him. But, you, you, you know, you're saying that you think that Brana is really motivated uh, by getting on this show. Uh, can you kind of, like, explain where that belief comes from and what you're seeing that, that is kind of tying these two uh, kind of uh, interesting figures together? Um, well... Based on uh, MPP board members I spoke with, Nick was pushing. I don't know if it would have been like a, a change in. I don't know if it was a motion or just a general um, principle at MPP to mirror their messaging to match that of Jimmy Dore, Jackson Hinkle, Kim Iverson, and other whatever you would call those figures. I call them kind of right wing charlatans, but. Um, that I know for sure that he was pushing that, uh, that the, the, the news that people consume should only be those channels and that the messaging of MPP should mirror those channels. So I know, uh, that was part of it. Um, I, you know, I, from what I hear, he's personal friends with Jimmy Dore. Um, and I think that kind of, if you don't have results, right, if you don't have candidates or ballot access, the only way you could really stay relevant is getting on a channel with whatever he has now, you know, a million subscribers because it kind of gives you credibility. I mean, Jimmy is not asking for updates per se uh, on where your progress is, but it gives you credibility. So I think that's where that goes in because he's been on with Jimmy uh, the most um, and they don't have any results to show. So getting on Jimmy's show, you know, helps them stay relevant for sure. Helps them fundraise uh, all that stuff. So that's kind of the Jimmy Dore connection on, on Jimmy's end. I don't particularly know like why he has pushed people. If he's genuine about a third party, uh, I don't know his reasons that he wouldn't try to like take over the green party or reform the green party. Cause they at least have valid access. So I, I can't speak to what Jimmy's motivations for kind of propping up what sure seems to be a grift at this point. And I should separate cause the volunteers that have been volunteering for years. And from what I've been told, they've fled for the most part, uh, 
for the most part, th- these were sincere people who wanted a third work, third party and a working class party. Uh, some of them I see are uh, listening right now. Um, so it's not to take away from their efforts, but um, to me, yeah, it basically just seems like a, a guy who has a narcissism and ego complex that maybe he cares about these policies and issues, but the, the, pr- the principle of him being the leader is first and foremost. And my reporting backs that up because uh, these five board members were abruptly purged when several of them were calling for him to be removed as chair uh, once he started retaliating in response to sexual harassment uh, accusations and investigation into it. My report, my reporting also indicates that uh, members of the committee that they had a special committee of uh, four people that were investigating. Uh, one of them was leaking information to Brana the whole time. So that kind of kind of tells you of the credibility of that investigation. Uh, and also Nick and MPP put out a rambling statement saying that the investigation found no evidence that, uh, or, or they, they could not substantiate and that there was no merit to the accusations of harassment or abuse. Uh, but audio, uh, that Sabi Savas has played, I've played show that, uh, the investigation and the people investigating had, uh, had come up with rather substantive punishments for Brana. So they must have found something that he did wrong, uh, including that he would lose uh, privileges, supervisory pr- privileges for six months. So he couldn't supervise anyone. Uh, he could not attend staff meetings for six months and he would have to take sexual harassment training and two other forms of training. I, I think one was management. I, I forget the other one. So clearly, you know, if he did nothing wrong and this was just a coup um, attempt, they wouldn't be handing out these punishments and people could look to my Twitter. Uh, I did a thread yesterday with screenshots showing this. I did a live stream showing this. So, I mean, he's just on the record lying repeatedly. Um, you know, I watched some of the interview with uh, Zaina Day, who has come forward. Um, you know, everybody can make up their mind uh, as to credibility. Nick's main, the hill that Nick has died on is there's no, uh, there's no screenshots or text or the proof her accusation, uh, I, you know, not every woman who has been abused, uh, you know, ha- not every man has, who has abused a woman puts it in writing, right? So I don't really think that's a plausible defense for him. Uh, I found her credible for what it's worth. Uh, and by my reporting, he has lied about many things. So when, when you have a pattern of somebody lying, saying that the investigation found nothing when it did find things and they were going to punish you, and right when they were going to punish you, you and your father engineer five of the board members being purged, that's not a serious organization. And, and it's kind of frankly similar to what you would expect from like the DNC that they rail against. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I do want to bring up one of these things that they say in the, in the, their, uh, their debunking of what they call the perennial smear campaign against the people's party and false allegations against Nick Bronnett. Now this is just like a, like, just like a, a kind of, rambling paragraph but but in it um you know it says uh the investigation found no history of behavior from Bronner that aligned with her claims uh, from what you're saying that's simply not true uh however the investigation discovered the day had a history of making false accusations of sexual harassment and abuse having done the same thing at her previous job it also discovered that she tried to get the party to hire shaheed Buttar's accuser who had sought to sink his congressional challenge to nancy pelosi now I, I, I don't know enough about the details here 
uh, to speak uh, to that stuff, although I do know what it sounds like. Uh, but I will say that as as somebody who um, was uh, repeatedly asked to cover uh, Shahid Buhtar by Shahid Buhtar, um, the the behavior of people around Buhtar and the behavior of people around Brana, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way, are, are very uh, familiar to me. They, they, they seem very similar. Um, this is well, I could just, if, if you'll yeah, allow me, ahead, go, yeah, go ahead. For people that didn't uh, see my Twitter thread or watch our live stream, I'll just read it to you. He said that they found nothing. Uh, this is a, a document I got because Nick, I don't, I don't think Nick's really used to dealing with journalists who like can just build sources and get documents. He's used to dealing with Jimmy Dore. So I, this is a document from Elise Mizels. She is an MPP board member. She was one of the four people on the special committee uh, investigating Nick. This is a document from December 24th, 2021. So it's about a week and a half after the investigation into sexual harassment accusations launched. And this is her recommendations based on the preliminary investigation. Quote, Nick put his wants over the organization. He jeopardized the health functionality and future of the organization organization without regard to possible ramifications to each board member or the organization. For someone who considers themselves a professional and leader of the organization, this, be- this behavior was unacceptable and warrants a, b- a bold reprimand. Despite the allegations made by Zena, most board members have witnessed some unacceptable interactions with, with the work- within the workplace by Nick as he relates with volunteers and board members. The behavior is unacceptable and warrants anger management, interpersonal discovery, and workplace supervisory training to be paid for personally. I'm not going to read the rest, but you get the gist. They said, he, they said based on the original investigation, uh, what you know, uh, testimony they took from uh, the accuser, uh, they think he should be punished, a bold reprimand. They're saying they've witnessed other concerning interactions. So, it, I mean, the documents and these board members who went on with Nick to like Jackson Hinkle's show to like back up his bullshit. I don't know why, because their own words debunk it. Uh, There's another Slack message from uh, another kind of Nick, I guess you could say lackey, his friend, David Mizell, who uh, document show was leaking information uh, uh, of the investigation to Nick. Uh, He wrote in, in an MPP Slack, the recommendations were taken under serious consideration and in no way, gave Nick a free pass. Um, Though the individual who claimed to me that there was a, quote, coup was not Nick, I cannot be certain that his opinion did not come come from Nick himself. Honestly, I took it with a grain of salt and did not see the relevance in the investigation. So again, it's just crazy. It's like Bill Clinton going out and doubled down and tripled down in the 90s. Like Nick went went out yesterday and doubled down that they found nothing, even though there's audio showing that Board members were reading to Zena what the punishments were going to be for Nick. And there's documents showing that board members who went forward backing Nick up, in their own words, acknowledged the punishments against Nick and wrongdoing. So it's kind of at this point, like, cover up is worse than the crime territory. Uh, And it just goes to the overall, forget this one investigation, it just goes to the overall issue where MPP has shifted really from movement for a people's party to a movement for Brana's party. And I think that's a large reason that they have not really had success. And from what I understand, they don't really, Nick doesn't really have much expertise 
in election law, in you know laws with ballot access, things like that, which is part of the reason they've been unsuccessful so far. Got it. All right. Well, I think that's a good uh, th- that's a good kind of table setting here. We'll take some calls. Uh, we're going to start here uh, with Scott. We're going to ask uh, just ask you to keep it relatively short uh, as much as possible. So, uh, Scott, go ahead. Uh, you are on. Hey, Owen. Hey, Jordan. Hey there. Um, I would just was just wondering, because it's been years since I've heard about these guys, but there was a lot. It felt like when they were starting out, they had a lot of legitimacy on the left. Like, I remember Brianna Joy Gray talking about them. I feel like Nina Turner was e- even involved in some way. Um, there's someone claiming to be Paula Jean Swearingen in your chat room, but I don't know if that's actually her. Um, but I just wondered if, if you guys had recollections of that or explanations for it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I remember, I remember seeing, uh, thanks Scott. So I, I remember seeing, um, the, uh, the so-called draft Bernie movement, um, at, at a couple of events, I think in uh, maybe like summer of 2017, uh, it seemed, it seemed clear to me at that point that, that it was, um, a joke uh, that, I mean, there was just, I mean, like, I, I, I know he's an independent, but Bernie's a Democrat. Like, he's not going to, like, start a third party. Uh, so it, it was just kind of ridiculous on its face. Um, and I, I didn't actually connect the two to, to move into a people's party until later. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how how, how seriously people took it. I, I just, it, it seemed like such an obvious, uh, uh, just, like, it seems so obviously unserious to me uh, at, at that point that, that I just didn't see like what the point really was of it. But I don't know, Jordan, like did, did, did you hear about people taking it seriously at the time? I mean, you know, like after, after 2016, I think that there was like a lot of energy around like actual parties as opposed to like political action committees or, or just organizations like, uh, like draft Bernie. Um, but I, I don't, I, I mean, not until it was like moving for people's party and, but even then, it never really, like, like it was always more of, like, an online thing, I thought. I, but I don't know, Jordan. I mean, like, sometimes you travel in some of, some different circles than I do, and you do some reporting in different circles, so you might, you might know better on that. Yeah, I think that uh, the people that he just listed, it wasn't really as much, like, uh, I mean, I can't get in their head, but uh, I don't think they really, it was as much taking it seriously as it, as it was just, like, yeah, I think it's a good idea to have a third party. Like Cornell West, for example, like, you know, he'll go out and support certain candidates like Nina, Nina Turner, who are running as Democrats. So he's not like a, a you know, a Chris Hedges for, per se that will only support independent or third party candidates. But like to Cornell West, like, yeah, you know, it's a good idea to try to draft Brother Bernie, you know, or build a third party. So I think most of these people that attach their names to it didn't attach their names or like, hey, I'm with the movement for a people's party. You know, like Nina Turner, for example, I think was the keynote speaker at their convention. Uh, I, I don't remember what year it was, uh, but like it was more of that mentality of like, yeah, you know, I'm cheering you guys on. But like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not declaring I, I will run as a People's Party candidate, which she couldn't even run as a People's Party candidate. Um, just kind of like. I'm, 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 um, I'm endorsing the idea, 
you know, it's the same thing. They had like an advisory committee with a bunch of names, but like my, from people I spoke with who were on that committee, none of them actually did anything. It was just, Hey, can you, can I throw your name on the website for credibility? Um, which I was told they, they took that down from the website, uh, interestingly enough. And uh, Cornell West, who had like a tweet pinned at the top of his Twitter with Nick Brana, he took that down too. So, um, but I don't think any of these people that you're talking about, like actually had signed on, like I'm joining the People's Party. It was more just, I, I'll speak at your conferences. I like the idea of a third party. So uh, Paula Jean, I should say, did like become a, I don't know if she was an employee or a contractor, but she did join, but uh, relatively quickly, uh, you know, she'd have to share her experience, but had a bad experience and left. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, so next we're going to take Mark, uh, uh, Mark and I, I think have spoken before, uh, for, for an article that, that I was writing at one point. Um, and Mark was involved with people's party in Washington. Mark, thanks for coming on. Just hit that, uh, unmute, uh, down on the bottom, right. And, and, uh, go ahead. Apparently not. How about now? You're good. Okay, great. Uh, uh, Hey, thanks, Owen. Thanks, Jordan. Good to talk with you both again. Um, you know, I wanted to say from a, a volunteer's perspective, you know, after the the big uh, convention that they held where Nina spoke and Cornell spoke and Chris Hedges spoke, you know, among a, a large group of us uh, non-politician left, they did gain a lot of legitimacy. And they had uh, thousands of people who joined and had Nick and his dad really wanted to form a party. Uh, you know, with all those thousands of volunteers and with that legitimacy they gained, they could have done so. Um, but they very quickly, like people who knew that you need to do like real canvassing, real on the ground work, uh, you, need to, that you need to really focus on building these independent uh, uh, groups, learned really quickly. Like Renee, I know, did a lot of research on how to do a party there in, in New York. And, uh, and then they all got purged. And then the next group of us came in. And, uh, you know, Nick has been actively, obviously, from an inside perspective, actively stopping parties from forming. You know, we in Washington formed one uh, sort of without him because we formed during uh, the, the riot where they were throwing out uh, the, the petitioners. Um, and then after we filed one, we started trying to help other states. Uh, and like the next New York effort, uh, uh, the week after I was meeting with them, telling them how we had done it. Uh, all of management came to their meeting to try to dissuade them. Uh, some of the Texas members filed with their secretary of state. And again, all of management came, demanded they withdraw the stuff. The volunteers who filed that paperwork were then thrown out. Uh, and then, of course, their ridiculous uh, 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 national uh, uh, organizing committee fiasco, which caused state after state after state to walk out. Um, it's just, you know... They are very good. Nick is very good at keeping information siloed and very good at keeping people from knowing what's going on because they tried to do an all online party, which, you know, just is never going to work. Uh, but the cycle of people waking up and being purged helps. And, and because it's an online environment, as people wake up, they get very angry and it becomes like Twitter trolling and they attack other members. So it's very easy to say, well, look, look, they're just a bad faith actor and throw them out. Uh, and I want to take, I see in the chat or in the, in the call-in, there's lots of people who were former volunteers and, and uh, uh, CC members from their, their, uh, their central 
committee, their board, and, uh, you know, I was one of those people who got in and Twitter trolled and got really angry because we had spent a year and built a party organization in our state. And let me just really give a side note, like a party organization, until you have candidates on a ballot, the feds won't ever recognize you as a party. But we filed as a PAC that could become a party. We were a political committee, a, a political organization pack. MPP is like an issues advocacy pack. It's not the type that can become a party. They're still a 527, but not the type that can become a party. Um, so, you know, they used to have a lot of credibility among the volunteers, and I think their actions of continually throwing people out, continually attacking people who were good faith actors, uh, has just poisoned their name. It might not be as much about Jimmy Dore shifting, right? Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they've just lost all of the checkbooks that they wanted from the left and all of the volunteers. Um, you know, the door thing is an obvious grift. He can't, there is no people's party to run him. He'd have to start his own independent campaign in 50 states and give up his show because you can't have a media show while you run for president. Um, so yeah, can I, can I ask, can I ask you, Mark, what, what reason did Nick and uh, his dad and whomever else give for trying to block the states from, uh, you know, registering and, and all that uh their nice answer is it's very complex if you filed bylaws we need to have lawyers look at it uh the reality is and the internal chat is that they believe they need to have control of any party and or message they would spin this story that the reason the greens are not successful is because they're all splintered and they need to have a strong national party and uh, they so they want states to be subsidiary uh, affiliates of their national party they don't want uh, states to be independent right that's that's uh and and they were peddling a, a letter of understanding that uh, had I think their lawyer may have deliberately left big holes, but they peddled this letter of understanding that gave them the right to start and run nonprofit organizations in every state until those states formed parties, right? So there was, there was a financial reason for the organization to stop people. And, uh, you know, again, there are board members who are on the call and they can, that, that is my supposition, having read the letter of understanding from a half dozen states, uh, uh, we were never given one because we already had a party organization by the time they started peddling them around. Um, so, so there was the reason that they said, there's the reason that internally was being said, the reason they said was it's very complex, you just don't understand it. The, in, the, the internal reason is that that's the faulty thing, we need a strong organization, and my own personal supposition is because they wanted a, a multi-state fundraising operation. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks, Mark. That was, uh, that's a lot of info for sure, especially coming from someone who, who, who was in the, on the inside. Um, feel free to join the call again. I just want to move, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Zana here, but, um, first I'll, I'll give Jordan, did you want to respond to any of that before, before we move to Zana? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, it, seemed evident to me i mean i'm not going to pretend i'm some expert but uh from what i was told by people that were pretty high up there uh, there was a basic lack of understanding of election laws uh ballot laws um just basic organizing uh which goes to kind of nick inflating what his role with bernie sanders campaign was um there were people uh which 
I'm pretty sure Zayna would be able to add to this, kind of telling Nick what they actually need to do, like mechanically, but it, it kind of falling on deaf ears. Um, so again, uh, I would just say it was a shit show uh, of amateur hour at the top, um, not necessarily with the volunteers and staffers. Uh, and I would also say just to add, uh, just based on like, I'm pretty good at detecting them based on my reporting in Flint and elsewhere. It seems to me uh, MPP has a lot of burner accounts on social media um, that kind of flood uh, YouTube live streams about Nick or tweets um, that are critical of the people's party, uh, you know, accounts that were just made that have a few followers. Uh, so again, it, it doesn't seem like a legitimate third party organizing attempt rather than kind of a vanity project at the top, uh, which is, which is a shame because I think, uh, even though I, I didn't think it would be successful, I, I, I don't begrudge people for, you know, pushing Bernie per se to start his own party. Uh, again, I agree with you. I didn't think that would happen, but people were angry and, you know, people were coming off of the, the hope of Bernie 2016. And obviously that come crashing down and people obviously were angry in 2020. Uh, so there is appetite for a real third party. And I, I think that, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and as a journalist, I'm happy to cover like legitimate efforts, but this, at this point is not a legitimate effort. And, you know, even if you wanted to say, um, even if you wanted to say, at, you know, well, uh, I don't know about these accusations and this and that, I mean, most common sense people would say, well, if this organization has existed for years and they have no candidates and they have no ballot access, Maybe he should step down and we should need kind of new leadership of a people's party. Right. But again, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be D with a Democratic D. Like, for example, they're declaring now that Jimmy Dore is their candidate. Well, if it's the people's party, wouldn't you have a nominating process and, and be open to your members who should run? So, again, I, I think people are really at this point wasting their time uh, with a party that is not a party. Absolutely. So uh, I think let's take Zana here because I think that um, she probably has some uh, maybe a counter to that. She's been she's been uh, doing a little fact checking in in the uh, in the chat here or or uh, at least presenting an alternate uh, perspective. So, Zana, thanks for joining us. Uh, go ahead. You you're live. And she just disappeared. Oh, Zana, I'm just going to go ahead and jump you over the others. Go right ahead. Just just hit that um, unmute button down there on the bottom right. Sorry, the unmuting button wasn't uh, for a few minutes. That was oh, weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. I was all in before. That was bizarre. Okay, um, yeah, it, it's not a different opinion on some of the things I'm talking about because I was there and I was the executive director and I implemented it, and I'm also an FEC expert. So um, on some of these things, this is what I do, and I did it. So, yeah, um, as far as, like, being a, a PAC, I know a lot of people ask if MPPs filed with the FEC. No, because they they can't file with the FEC. You can't file as a PAC, as a non-connected or a federal PAC or whatever, until you have a candidate to support, right? Um, so, like, at Brand New Congress, you know, when we founded that, or, or Justice Democrats, we had to run candidates first and get the money up and, and, you know, then 
we were able to start the pack. And there's a difference between a super pack and a federal pack and a non-connected pack. There's a lot there. But it, all nonprofits are 527s, except for 501c3s. So this was a 527, just flat out political nonprofit. But I just wanted to clarify that because people were always asking, you know, why haven't you followed the FEC? Because they had no candidates yet. Um, hey, Zena, can I just can I just ask you because I saw online yeah. that it was inc- incorporated in Michigan as a corporation. So that's yeah, yeah that's so the that... five twenty seven is the tax status, right? Okay. So that's what you have to file for your tax exemption status with the federal government, and then you file within the state for your state licensure to become a nonprofit corporation. So you have to do both things to run any nonprofit. You have to file federal and you have to file state. Got it. But, Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say on the finances, the thing was when I started and I was shocked, I was like, what? But, um, I had found out that we, there had not, there weren't, they weren't having quarterly or monthly budgetary reports for instance. And I've never seen that. (laughs) That's not something I've ever experienced. And that's just standard in a workplace. Um, When we finally did get a financial report after I had been asking for it for months, um, we finally did get a financial report in December or so, but it was all just a spreadsheet that Nick and Rod made. We never saw bank statements. Um, I could see the fundraising that was coming in on our digital platforms, like, you know, from Action Network or from whatever our, our fundraising platforms were there. But I could not we could not see what came in from um, PayPal. And we we never had eyes on the checks, the actual checks and never the board, as far as I know, at least when I was there, never saw a bank statement. So that was problematic, and we were pushing to see that, right? I mean, you know, because I've never worked anywhere where an executive director and a board didn't see the bank statements, you know, and didn't see this, and and they didn't do an audit of this. Um, Another thing that I will say that keeps getting overlooked over and over in a lot of the stories, no offense, Jordan, because you were covering something different, but um, you've spoken about it a little bit. The ramp up to this. I filed the complaint in December. Retaliation started in December. Nick started doing things like, okay, for instance, for Democratic, for the National Organizing Committee, um, they had a rule in the charter that said that you had to be registered as a People's Party person. You had to be registered with the People's Party in order to be in leadership. So to be a chair of a party, you had to be registered as that party. Well, you can't be registered in some states as the People's Party unless there's ballot access. And in some states like Ohio, you can't change your registration until you vote for somebody that's running. So what Nick was saying, because we wanted to change the rule because the language was so poorly written that they could have kicked anyone out that wasn't registered as a People's Party person or that was registered as a Dem or Republican or Libertarian or whatever, he claimed that we wanted to have Democrats in all the top leadership of the organization when really people were just saying different states have different registration rules. 
Let's make sure that people can register under the People's Party before we kick people out and we can't even get that state going. If we had had this rule, it would have made it impossible for Ohio to ever have a leadership. And you have to have a leadership in order to get ballot access, in order to file with the FEC, in order to run candidates. So if the person could never be in MPP's national leadership, they could never start that party because you do actually have to have letters of agreement with states in order to form a national party. And you need national ballot access to do a lot of things like run federal candidates. Xander, so, can, I, can I, I just want, I just want to back up here a little bit and just say yeah. like, so you were saying, um, and then, and then um, we will, we will have to get these other callers, but of course. Um, you said that, you know, you started to bring this stuff up in December and that's when the retaliation um, began. Uh, had you that's seen that kind of my report? Um, my my the sexual harassment um, report. That's when I reported the sexual harassment. Gotcha. And and had you seen like this kind of like pattern of retaliation before that? Like like I mean I guess I guess that the thing is like when you did this, obviously you knew that there would be some blowback. But did you know like exactly what kind of blowback it was going to be, or or did it did it take you by surprise? I've always been kind of interested in that. Because well, it's I was be kind of hard to see, like how like how hard people are going to come at you, right? I was terrified because Nick has a lot of sycophants there, and you know, as soon as they started calling people Democratic Party infiltrators, and then I saw people in the chat after I filed the complaint saying that I used to work at BNC, I used to work at Justice Democrats, I was the comms director for AOC. Yes, I did that stuff. That's why they hired me. I've worked almost a hundred campaigns, all small dollar donors. I've been anti-democratic party my entire time. I am not a Democrat. I've never worked directly for the democratic party. And now I'm, I've been angry with the squad. I am angry with them for not doing what they promised. I'm even upset with Cori Bush. I've been upset with AOC because I helped get them elected and they're not doing what they promised to do. I supported force the vote, even though I know other people on here may not have. I did. Um, so as soon as they started saying that, I was like, dude, that's not a secret. You know, um, I knew that they were ramping up to something because I had seen similar patterns before that I had had to quail or had to work to quail as executive director. One thing that Nick would do is he would go to one group of people or another group of people and kind of pit them against one another. And I and I saw that pattern and a lot of other people have seen that pattern. And like he would get one idea or he would want something done. And if he was the minority on the board and everyone disagreed with him, he would go in circles for hours. And then sometimes he still wouldn't get his way. Then he would start making independent phone calls the next day to board members. And then he would bring it back up even after the vote to vote on it again. Um, and so the vaccine mandates was an example of that. You know, he used that in his messaging against us, calling us democratic party, shit, lib operatives, you know, um, Plant, I guess I'm I'm making millions off the Democratic Party right now. I don't know, um, but yeah, I'm not. That's, that's, kind of, that's, that's a that's a pretty typical thing that they say. Yeah. Yes, they do for everyone. But when you're an activist and this has been your entire career and you've been fighting against Democrats for ten years, that's a lot. You know, it, it boxes you in as an, as an organizer and as someone who works in the movement. And they know that, and that's why they keep pushing me because me talking on your show right now, Owen. They're going to say that you are all these things and that because I came on your show, it proved that somehow I, I collaborated with you um, this whole time to take down the People's Party. That's what's going to happen. 
But right. this, I, right. what my point is not about me. It's about a pattern of behavior. This doesn't mean go vote harder for the Dems. This means that every organization should have accountability, including the Democratic Party, including any third party that's going to start, which, God, I hope third parties start and win and, and take it over. But there has to be accountability. If there's not, we're just going to get more of the same. So these facts, these facts matter. Sorry if I'm loud and rambling. I apologize. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Thank, no, th- uh, thank you so much, Zana. I really appreciate uh, uh, the call. And, um, yeah, uh, certainly um, a difficult experience to have people uh, turn on you like that. Um uh, I'm, I'm just going to go. And, uh, Actually, I'll, I'll, um, I'll let you go ahead, Jordan, and then we'll then we'll take Brady. Oh, I was I was hoping she stayed on. I just wanted to ask her about because I think it's relevant now that there's this whole MPP pushing Jimmy Dore president thing. Uh, if if Santa hears this, to come back for a minute, because um, I was told uh, by her and uh, several others that Nick was pushing MPP basically to. Again, I don't know if it was like a motion or just like a principled rule uh, to mirror its messaging to the Jimmy Dore show and Jackson Hinklin. And I think that's relevant because, again, in fairness, Jimmy hasn't said he's running, but he's certainly not knocking down MPP's push. And if people are going to be donating to MPP under the premise of a Jimmy Dore 2024, I think it's relevant internally what that was that he was pushing uh, MPP to adopt jimmy's messaging sure sure so zana we'll, we'll we'll just jump you over here but just to um just just if you just answer that real quick here just to just to kind of uh get an answer on that um go ahead nope i think we lost the uh there we go go ahead I don't know why it's kicking me off when I need it. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so just real quick, yes. So there was a board meeting um, just shortly before he removed the board members. And what Nick wanted to do was to have our primary messaging. We had a communications plan. He started speaking out against the communications plan because he said it was woke. But all we had on it were things like healthcare, education, infrastructure, you know, like things that are important that came from the actual platform that the supporters voted on. Anyway, what he wanted to do is he wanted us to make podcast and independent journalism. And he had a list of journalists, our primary source, because he said 60% of our supporters are coming in from those shows. Well, we said that's a problem because if all of our people are only coming in from the YouTube bubble, then we're not reaching people. We need to be organizing on the ground and messaging to people on the ground and messaging our own messaging and not just mirroring and promoting, you know, his friends basically. Um, to chase clout or to talk about whatever hot topic debate me bro stuff's going on at the moment. Now, that's not to say independent journalists don't have merit. That's not to say things Jimmy Dore occasionally doesn't have merit, you know, that sort of thing. It was to say that People's Party should have its own identity. So there was pushback. We were like, sure, we can get ideas from them on what's going on and stuff, but that should not be, and all the board members agreed, all of them, that that should not be our primary messaging, um, our only avenue or our primary. So they changed it to say it would be one of the focuses. And then Nick kept us on for another three and a half hours to try to get us to change that back to primary source from us saying it should be one of our sources. 
So that was one vote where after everyone voted to say prime or to say, you know, the um, one of the sources, he backtracked for three hours, three and a half hours for us to change it to primary source. But that's what they're doing now. Now that they've kicked us all out. I'm, you know, yeah, that's it's just it's, it, it's just like a little like uh, YouTube media grift, I guess. That's not really the right word for it. It's just kind of it's just like. Personal self-promotion for Brana, I think. Thanks, Dana. I really appreciate you uh, jumping back on um, for that one. Let's let's take Brady here. Uh, Brady, go ahead. And, and then after that, we'll take Paula Jean. And then I think we'll probably wrap after that. So go ahead, Brady. Zinnia, it's so cool to get to know who you are. Um, and thank you for being here. I actually started my own little project called The People Party back in 2016 just for funsies. And since then, I've created this huge, massive platform that just has full of uh, amazing platform ideas like legalized boobs, uh, legalizing DMT, cannabis, stuff like that that everyone can get behind, um, online unions, the converting to the metric system, um, and uh, – a platform of transparency, flexible leadership, uh, flexing our ability to write in votes and bypass the ballot access problem that we're having right now, I think is something we should focus on and also creating a proxy government uh, within the party outside of government so that we use, we allocate donations like tax, like taxes for mutual aid projects instead of advertising and stuff like that. Like if someone wants to advertise for us, they can do that with their own money. I believe in letting the actions of the party advertise themselves instead of spending like 20 K on some kind of marketing package or whatever we, we can do graphic design and marketing ourselves, I think. And um, so if anyone would like to help me, it's literally just me doing it myself right now. It's like a thought experiment in a Facebook group is all it is. But I would really like to focus on bypassing the ballot access issues and focusing on our ability to write in candidates. Uh, that way we can do it quickly. Last minute, we can vet our own candidates, have them debate each other in our own private um, independent debates and really let the best U.S. citizens rise to the top and then instantly get them um, in office if we need to. An interesting idea. Uh, yeah. So thanks, buddy. Will you um, just drop that into uh, the chat there, uh, the link for for people to to check that out? Um, let's take uh, let's take Paula Jean here. Uh, Paula Jean, go ahead. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the unmute is down there on the bottom right. Hey, everybody. Thank you yep, for allowing me to speak and join. I really not spoke about this topic outside of Twitter. And first and foremost, I want to thank Jordan for his fair journalism and covering this topic as well as you, Mr. Higgins. Um, I want to back up what Zaina has been saying. Um, you know, I ran for office. We know we I ran for United States Senate twice. And uh, that experience, you know, I'm you know, now I'm being called a dim operative. And if anybody knows, I'm on the top of the hate list with Democrats because I challenged Joe Manchin. And I left the Democratic Party because of a big racist implosion that's happening still here in West Virginia. And I, you know, was asked by Nick, Zane, you know, he knew that uh, Zaina and I were friends. And that's why he initiated the conversation. And I traveled to D.C. to meet him and Rod and to vet them to see if I was a good candidate to come in as candidate engagement director with the People's Party. And one of the first things that I brought up was actually Jimmy Dore. I had some deep concerns about that because of a lot of his messaging I don't agree with. And I felt like that he was too much of a figurehead for the party. And like Zaina said, 
they were leaning toward, more toward podcasts instead of doing the on-the-ground work. And I was assured, especially with past transgressions, I heard a lot of stuff from past volunteers that they, they were working on that stuff. Um, it was being rectified. They believed in restorative justice. When I first went in, I was candidate engagement director. I was supposed to be um, the organizer for West Virginia. Once I started trying to vet people and bring them into West Virginia, I seen that Slack was a mess. Um, that, you know, the community was divided and they didn't have a good organizing infrastructure. And so part of one of my roles, I was moved up to um, Appalachian Regional Director and we were working on creating an effective onboarding process. So it was on hold. And that's something that Nick agreed on. So with him saying that I wasn't doing my work, I was. I was also in my contract supposed to be an official spokesperson for the People's Party and help with fundraising. Um, you know, being Zaina's friend, I didn't know for a long time about the relationship. Um, there was one instance when we were in New York. Um, Nick had treated a volunteer very badly. I had my own grievances against him by the way he treated people and myself. And um, that was never rectified. But I walked in, basically, long story short, I walked into the room and I seen Nick Brana trying to push himself down on Zaina. I have been a colleague of Zaina's for probably almost five years now. When I ran for office, she was my communications director and she was a liaison to my campaigns, you know, both times. And I seen a person, no offense to Zaina, but I seen the mental stress that she was going through and seeing how she was about to break because this was so hard. Um, I knew that he was pushing himself on her because there were several times in the middle of the night she would call and talk to me six hours because Nick would keep her on the phone late hours at night. Her daughter was hearing him ask her if um, asking her if he would, ha you know, if she, if she could have phone sex even after they broke up. And I told her, you, you're going to have to go to the board, you know, and she was afraid of retaliation and retaliation immediately started. Um, Nick grabbed on to one of the most divisive issues in the countries and that in the country that was the vaccine mandates to divide the community even more and call us um, dim operatives because he was trying to cover up what was going on with him. During finance calls, I could hear the abuse. Um, he abused me when we were out on the road. He talked down to me. He put me in very uncomfortable situations and I was promised by the board that it would be taken care of and the retaliation just got worse and worse and worse. And I kept on saying, you know, this is not internally, but since Sana spoke out now, this is not just sexual harassment. This is sexual assault. Something needs to be done. Um, you know, I was very uncomfortable. I finally ended up leaving. I ended up resigning because of the abuses that were going on with the retaliation. I seen everything that the volunteers had said in the past was true. And, uh, you know, there was no purpose in, in building the party. We spent a large amount of our time trying to platform Nick. Anytime we had live streams, anytime we had interviews, Nick wanted to be in the front of it. And he was super focused on Jimmy Dore. And, you know, that's something that I was told, you know, we're trying to build this. We're trying to get away from that. And it wasn't. I was on the phone one time 16 hours because he was trying to con convince the board and he was saying he was using my expertise as past experience as a candidate to run Cornell West as president and Jimmy Dore as vice president. For one, you know, I don't know if Dr. West would have supported what was going on with the People's Party anymore because 
um, they were changing the language to identity politics. And, you know, basically they don't have the infrastructure for a national campaign. Um, they don't have the list to help a candidate. They don't have anything um, to, to lay the groundwork to have an effective campaign. So to me, it's just for fundraising. But I can tell you this, it, you know, I have, I'm a, you know, a survivor of domestic abuse myself. And it took a really big mental toll on me too to watch what went on within the organization. And, um, I, I can't tell you why Nick and Rod support this. I cannot tell you why there's significance out there that blindly support them no matter what. But within this movement, we cannot grow without accountability. And this is a huge, huge issue. I, you know, my family was shook by what happened to Zaina. I'm not going to give all the details, but me and my partner went to Kentucky to be with her while she was going through all this. And he was going through all the smear campaigns and the podcast against her and seeing the toll that it had not only on her, but her daughter and her family. It's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. And I, I'm, I'm not saying this just as her friend. I would say this about any woman. The abuse that Sabrina Pena Young went through, she didn't even know about the sexual harassment or assault. Um, there was deep retaliation against her. They even talked, you know, negatively on Twitter about her family and her children. It, it, it's been absolutely brutal. And if anybody thinks about being a supporter of the People's Party, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not always right, but everybody knows that I tell my truth as much as I can because, you know, people are literally dying. The reason we want a new movement in this country and we want something better than what we have with our politicians right now. I live in Appalachia. I live in West Virginia. We lead in drug overdose deaths. I've buried more family members to coal mining than I can count. Our family's theme song is Amazing Grace. They do not want to talk about disenfranchised community members. They've been blatant racism and bigotry within the in the slack. I mean, it's all been documented and all this was documented. And the retaliation out of all my years in this movement, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Um, they they slandered other staff members and they paid us as contractors, even though they called us staff. And we were supposed to be at Nick's beck and call 24 hours a day. We were not treated right. Zaina definitely wasn't treated right. I felt sorry for Sabrina and all the volunteers that face retaliation because of what happened with this organization. And I just I, I want people to look at it. You know, Democrats have done it. Republicans have done it. If we don't have accountability in this movement and we don't listen to men and women that have been abused, then why are we doing this? People are dying every day and, and suffering these abuses. Yeah. And Nick Brana needs psychiatric help. I'm not a mental professional, but I'm still trying to recover over what happened within the People's Party. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so thanks for that. That's, I mean, that's a lot. Um, I know that uh, I, we're, uh, we're a little over time, but that, that's fine. We'll, we'll 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 keep it open for just a sec here. I, I know that Jordan has a follow-up, so thank you, Paula Jean, for that. Jordan, uh, go ahead. I know I know you had a follow-up or two to, to ask here. Yeah. So. I think what you just said is important because uh, Nick Brana's uh, basic defense for all of this has been that, uh, you know, she doesn't have any screenshots. She doesn't have any proof that he did any of this. Uh, so you, you just described and, and, you know, whatever your well, whatever you know, your comfort. She, can, she has the phone records where he called her over and over and over. I can remember one occurrence and this was after they dated. 
she was talking to me on the phone and locked herself out of her car. And he called her when I was on the phone with her, I know, 10 times and texting her and telling her if she was going to be away that he had to let her know. He had to know what all of us were doing, especially Zaina, 24 hours a day. She was executive director. and She was not allowed to do her job. Um, we spent more time putting out fires for Nick than we could do the actual work. And even going back to Elise, who came back out and supported Nick, when we were talking about the new onboarding infrastructure that we were all working hard on, she said she wanted no part of that. That was just jibber jabber. And she was already siding with Nick. And she, she, yeah, but can I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to cut you yeah. off, but I want to just drill, drill down specifically. So as much as you're comfortable sharing, you, did you say that in New York you had walked in on Nick and Zayna in a room and Nick was trying to force a sexual act? We we had a volunteer there that had got lost on the train. And I had tried to wake Nick up to say, hey, we have to make sure this person get, needs to get where they need to go because they had lost their wallet and they already had a hard time. And, you know, you take care of your volunteers first and foremost. And I went back upstairs to try to get Nick to help this person. And when I the door was unlocked and when I opened up the door, he was on top of her. And I know her really well. I've worked with her for years. I've traveled with her to a lot of places. And um, I shut the door real quickly because I didn't want the volunteer to see what was going on. And I could talk to her about it later. But the look on her face. When they opened back up the door, the whole entire situation was wrong. So from what you saw, this was not something she was consenting to? Not well. I can't say I wasn't there, but the look on her face looked as if she wasn't consenting. She looked like she was shook. And I'm telling you, I've known her for a long time and just to, to experience you know, I, I've traveled across the country with her. I have been with her in professional spaces. And just to see how she was, just her reactions to everything, it was like she was even afraid to talk around Nick. Even when we were out with Occupy Congress, um, he had her, we were, her and Nick were almost a, an hour late to the protest. And people were getting mad. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, well, he had to stop me and talk to me about our relationship. And now I don't compromise for an hour. Um, it, it was just that, that stuff all, all the time. Um, like I said, I wasn't in the room, but I'll never forget the look on her face. And did, uh, did she, did you two have a conversation about it after where she described it as, uh, assault? She said that, uh, he was trying to push himself on her and she was trying to say no. And she thanked me for coming when I did. So she's told, she described it to you as sexual assault. Sorry. Can you repeat that? She described it to you as, as an assault. Yes. And that, you know, and this is just two occurrences. I know of another and I'm, I'm going to respect her and not tell her, you know, not give up more information. But this was ongoing for a long time. And it, you know, she has a 12 year old daughter. And I know for a fact, hearing from her daughter that uh, she heard on several occasions where Nick was trying to push phone sex on her, even when they weren't together. And um, lastly, obviously, you know. That's a serious accusation. Um, he might point out that you're friends, that you haven't come forward with this. So so what would you say, you know, if he pushes back that you're just her friend out of and you're making for this that up? Thing, I, I did not come forward with this. I have spoke as much as possible out of respect for her and other people. 
but I can tell you firsthand that I also experienced verbal abuse and um, pushing boundaries from Nick Braun and myself. I had my own personal grievances that were ignored. Um, And the reason I didn't speak out is because, you know, it's up to the victim to tell their story. I'm not here to tell her story, but I'm here to say I I believe it because I was there and I seen not only how he abused her, but he abused other people. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you, Paula, uh, for that. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, um, Man, I hate to leave it here, uh, but I think this is kind of like an ongoing, an ongoing story, an ongoing uh, report. I know, and I'm sure Jordan's going to be following up on this stuff um, very soon. Um, so, Jordan, do you want to just kind of you, you want to give a couple closing comments here and and, and let people know where they can uh, find your work and, and find your reporting? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just say to me, this, this topic is no longer about a third party. Um, everybody could have a different opinion about that. You know, like I said, I'm totally for a third party. I'd love to cover more third parties and, you know, particularly serious ones. Uh, but you know, what was just what, what Zena has, um, said and, and accused and, and what Paula is now, uh, you know, uh, saying she witnessed uh, is, you know, Nick deserves a right, obviously, to uh, respond to that and, and deny it if he wants. Uh, elephant in the room. I mean, I was accused many years ago. Uh, fortunately, I had two eyewitnesses there who, uh, you know, spoke up that the woman in that case was was not being honest about what she accused me of. But forget a third party for a second and the Democratic Party and all that. What, what's being described is, you know, potentially a criminal act. So I think um people need to judge for their own uh selves uh but you know this goes beyond just uh the normal youtube fighting and twitter fighting to uh you know two women uh, uh one one principal woman accusing nick of some pretty uh you know terrible things and a second woman uh you know saying she witnessed some of this so i think that's really where this story is um and i also think that you know uh, the People's Party, separate from Nick, you know, other people in leadership should should be responding. Uh, not Nick. Uh, p- other people on that board should be putting their names to a response. Uh, and I think Jimmy Dore and others who frequently have um, Nick Brana on um, should be asked about this, uh, you know, or at the very least, would they be willing to, if, if she chooses to go on, uh, would would they be willing to tell the other side? Cause to this, to this point, uh, they've only had on, um, Nick Prana. Uh, and as far as me, people can follow us at status coup on YouTube. Uh, we're live at five o'clock Eastern every day. Um, we're status coup on Twitter and we have our own call in show, uh, status coup on call in, which I believe I'll be live on call in today. Um, uh, right after our live stream. Great. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jordan, for, for joining us. Um, and thanks to all the callers, um, uh, you know, especially Zena and, and Paula Jean for, for, for coming on and, and, and talking about uh, these experiences. I, I, would, I would agree with Jordan. I think that this is certainly a story that has, has gone now beyond 
just whether or not um, the movement for a people's party is a legitimate third party. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll stay on it. And, uh, and thanks to Jordan, just a little housekeeping here at the end. If you're listening live or on replay on the app, please be sure to follow and subscribe. If you're listening on replay on Apple podcasts or Spotify, be sure to follow, subscribe and do all of those things. Um, we will be back later on this week. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you then. Thanks to everybody. Thanks everybody in the chat. And, and we'll see you soon. Bye.